All right, folks, before we get to the main thing, I want to let you know that this episode of Oil & Gas Upstream is made possible by our good friends at Technip FMC. Now, you probably know them for their subsea business, but did you know that Technip FMC is doing fantastic things for the industry at the surface? The latest innovation is called Emission. An emission will let you monitor and control vapor pressure in real time. To learn more, visit TechneepFMC.com. Oil and gas production is the union of natural systems with advanced science and complex engineering. Smart people across the globe create this remarkable place we call Upstream, and each day brings a new challenge. This is the Oil and Gas Upstream podcast, where we look at how these systems come together and learn from the people who make it happen. Welcome to Oil and Gas Upstream. I'm Elena Milkert, your host. Some of you know me as the former director for oil and gas upstream research at the U.S. Department of Energy. I retired from the DOE about a year ago and founded a small consultancy and became a podcast host. But before I introduce our guests, I want to thank Technip FMC for sponsoring this podcast. And I want to ask you to do me a big favor by answering a one-question survey. It takes about 10 seconds, and the link will be in the show notes below. In return, we will happily send you some stickers for your laptop or your hard hat or your pets. And now I'd like to introduce today's guests. We actually have two guests. We're recording from the SPE Hydraulic Fracturing Technology Conference in the Woodlands. And we're out in the Technip FMC booth with Laura Schilling, Senior Vice President for Surface Western Hemisphere and John Eden, Vice President of Sales, Surface Americas. So we got a little tag team guest team going here, and so I think we'll start with Laura first. Laura, tell us something about Technip FMC, about the company, about what you do there, what you love about Technip FMC. Sure, and and thank you for having us on the podcast. We're proud to be a sponsor, and uh, it's great to see you guys out here at the Hydraulic uh, Fracturing Conference led by SPE. Uh, we've had a, a great week out here. I am with Technip FMC. I'm currently Senior Vice President of the Western Hemisphere, and I lead a team of professionals, fantastic industry professionals who um, are across drilling, completions, and production. Um, and it's everything from wellheads to frack and flexibles and automation, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit, um, to measurement and uh, control devices on the production, and even methane reduction and emissions reduction technology within Technip FMC. Great. Well, how do you want to uh, share and what would you like to share about Technip FMC in general? Well, I think first, it's it's fantastic being out here at the conference, um, just reflecting on kind of past COVID years. It's really great to see everybody who's come out. Um, great to see so many customers and partners here at the event. So we're excited to be at the conference when we walk around and uh see our peers and our customers here and, and when we're out in the field there's definitely been some evolution and uh, the completion and frack e- ecosystem that we're excited about and that we are very much a part of with our customers and partners you know first anytime you go out to the field of course it's large pads um, that you will go out on especially on the frack and completion side and then there's the whole conversation happening this year and, and it started last year as well around simultaneous frack. Sometimes that's on the same pad or multiple pads at the same time, but in those situations, um, a lot of times you see operators centralizing their horsepower and it's causing a, a, a change in the infrastructure um, on the pad itself. And so 
Um, you've got to need to modify that infrastructure on the pad and then more importantly, minimize the equipment movement that takes place out on the pad. Really, which really brings us to the next exciting things that we see out there, which is around automation. And I've been in fracking completions for nearly 20 years, and we have been talking about automation. And like you know as well, right? Absolutely, we, the holy grail. We have been talking about this for some time, and I think when we started, we were all excited with the monitoring capability. We were all excited about you know fiber optics and some of what that brought, and then cameras came onto the scene. And it, for a long time, what we were focused on is monitoring what was really happening out there, but um, we've evolved really beyond that to this point where we're, we're evolving beyond remote monitoring and more into control and true automation um, to instant space automation. So why is this important that we move beyond just monitoring into this instant space automation? Um, it's important because as more companies are, because more companies are trying to drive toward the journey of continuous pumping. And you really can't achieve continuous pumping until we get to this next level of automation that companies like Technip FMC are at the forefront of. And then as you look at uh, the fracking completion side, always there's the conversation around HSE. As the pads have gotten larger and um, the infrastructure has changed, and even with centralized pumping, you know, you, you still have the HSE part to, to contend with. And every company is focused on reducing the number of people in the red zone, shrinking the red zone um, if we can. And I think there's, a, there's some great progress that has taken place there between the partnerships with the ENPs, companies like ourselves, and the pressure pumpers uh, who recognize that there's a need for speed and efficiency. But of course, there's always things we can do better on the safety side. Absolutely. Well, I remember one of the um, things that we were always talking about at the Department of Energy for anything on the subsurface, um, you know, uh, carbon storage, geothermal, I mean, even nuclear, was the notion of being able to master the subsurface in real time. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, this would be down, definitely on that pathway. Well, great, great. So um, is it time for us to share with John? Do you want to bring John into the picture here? So, John, I'm going to be asking you the same questions. You know, tell us about your experience with uh, Technip FMC and what you're, what you're proud of and some of the technologies you have out here uh, today. Quick, before the other equipment starts uh, starts yeah. up again, where, as yeah, I said, we're outside yeah. here at the Technip FMC um, and exhibit. I feel all 39 degrees. You yeah. do. Um, That's right. <laughs> so, now, so I've, I've been at Technip FMC for 12 years, so... All of it in the DNC space. Um, obviously, we have uh, a lot of widget products, and, and um, we perform a ton of service. Um, throughout that, you know, we've we've developed some some pretty premier technologies. Um, about four years ago now, we 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 kicked something off that we called Frac 2.0. Um, and when we kicked off Frac 2.0, our goal was to take our best engineers and our best operations folks and pull them out of their day jobs and say, go figure out what's next. Um, and with that, we delivered what we call iComplete, which is what's on display here today. Um, iComplete is a combination of nine individual products that's flexibles and automation and our missile and, you know, some, some pretty neat ways to take existing frac tree technology and make it more economical, both for the operator and ourselves. Um, and yeah, that's that's what we have today. Um, we have Quick Swap out here. It looks like it's from a Marvel movie, um, and it's 
it's outstanding. It's one of the best products that, that TechniPep FMC has released in the last 12 years. From a user-friendly standpoint, from a performance standpoint, um, there's a few things where you know the engineering gets done and you're, you think, wow, I think this has a life that's two years. And then it comes out and two years later, you're like, man, we can probably run this for another three. Yeah. So like it, it really, it's empowering to the engineering team. It's empowering to the guys that are selling it. Um, and it's well received by the end users. Absolutely. So um, some of the members of our, uh, some of our listeners are subject matter experts, mm-hmm. very techy, very sophisticated because the oil and gas sector is a very sophisticated industry. Um, and then others are just sort of dropping in, trying to learn what they can um, about uh, oil and gas upstream. So tell us more specifically of the application for these technologies and what they actually do with respect, you know, for the person who doesn't know a lot about oil and gas or hydraulic fracturing. No, I under, understand. So QuickSwap is our missile system. Um, it is a missile system that incorporates our, our small bore flexibles. The small bore flexibles just... It creates about 26 leak paths down to two leak paths from pump to missile. So it's it's imperative that we get more efficient, we have less leaks, and we have higher pump time. That so, is John, let me interrupt you. I'm sorry. Okay. When you say missile... Okay. So the missile is, um, call it the gathering of each individual pump stream of fluid prior to it going into a well. Um, so typically, that's a in today's market, that's a seven-inch mono line um, or a single-line missile. So average pad is probably 20 pumps. Each pod that we have a quick swap accommodates four pumps, high-pressure flexibles, 100% self-supported. Um, when we launched this product, our biggest challenge was dealing with flexibles in between the missile and the pump with not, not being able to get lifting means in there. Um, we believe that we have the industry's best answer for that problem with QuickSwap. It's 100% self-supported. You back your pump in and you're ready to work. Um, so that's that segment. That's QuickSwap. And then we have our CyberFrac. CyberFrac is our automation platform. Um, it's, well, it's not a platform. It's, it's our application. It's on our UCOS platform. That's an own Technip FMC. That's an internal um, platform that we use across measurement across subsea across surface it's 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 integral to who we are at this point as we digitize each thing that makes sense um cyberfrac is the ability to control valves on location for us that's pressure control that's where we live we live from fluid and discharge flange through production casing the ability to control all of that on a tablet or a smartphone is instrumental in moving the industry forward, keeping people out of the red zone, keeping people safe, and ultimately going faster. Uh, If we're not going faster, um, we're not saving anybody money, and that's the ultimate goal, right? You have to create a return with the technology or no one will adopt it. (laughs) Right, right. No, I mean, there's no point in in that. Yeah, yeah. But we started that and... I think we got all of the safety benefits. Uh, and now we're advancing that into instance-based automation like Laura spoke about. And that instance-based automation is reading other data to make a decision. That's human interventionless frack. Um, 
if we can automate valves based on what the frack crew needs without a person, you have a new level of efficiency that's not been seen before. Um, and that's essentially where the technology is right now. Um, it's walking that line. Uh, I think likely we will, with the right set of partners, which I do believe we have, uh, we'll advance that to a point where m the majority of the market doesn't understand it's possible yet. Um, but it absolutely is. Great, great. So, did, did you want to add something? No, maybe I'd just make a comment that I think there was a time when um, this technology was pushed by service companies, but what the big change has been in the last couple of years is really the push for adoption by ENP operators. You know, they're the one coming in and pushing the boundaries of remote automation, you know, all the way into um, what John is describing, and that's opened the door uh, for companies like us to really push the adoption because we're uniquely positioned as a service provider because we partner with the pressure pumpers. We provide a lot of their equipment and uh, some of their technologies like flexibles. And then we also work directly with the ENPs. And so we're a great bridge within that completions ecosystem to be able to bring these solutions to the, to the field. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So just to put uh, some sort of context for people who really are not um, familiar with oil and gas, that familiar, or specifically what we do here. So you don't drill the wells. You're in the space of hydraulic fracturing. And then take us from there. So our, our space is in, in hydraulic fracturing. Our space is pressure control. Okay, whether that's artificial pressure created by a pump truck or that's wellbore pressure created by the stimulation of the well. Either way, we have to control it in both directions. So we provide a conduit and valving to ensure safe operation. And with CyberFrac, we automate that conduit and that valving to create a greater efficiency in a safer environment. And is it fair to say that that pressure is the heart of hydraulic fracturing? That that is what, well, I'll let you say it. It, pressure control is a requirement. Um, pressure control equipment is not going to give you a better production. It's not going to, um, it's it's just a requirement. It is it is a part of doing business that, that is required. The pressure pumpers and the way that they structure their completions programs and the EMPs, the way that they treat a well, is probably the heart of frac. Um, we are merely a facilitator. Um, and that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, the um, engineer will design the frac job, mm -hmm. if you will and have particular requirements, as you say, and those requirements have to be met in order to optimize that design and get the desired outcome that the engineer designed that, uh, that program for. And so you are, uh, are Technique and the um, technologies that you bring to the frac job are what make it possible for that vision to be realized. And of course, when I was talking about pressure, I was talking about the fact that you put pressure on the rock and the rock gives up 
<laughs> and it fractures. And uh, being able to control that, which is what you do, yeah. has lots of, there's lots of reasons for that. Again, for the design, but also for the safety. So. No, understood. Yeah, yeah. So, Laura, tell us something about some of the challenges that we face with respect to hydraulic fracturing and some of the solutions that Technique FMC uh, is able to bring. Sure, and as John is is, uh, very well described as as how we're um, dealing with pressure across the location and that we really are a part of the infrastructure connected to the pressure pumper, um, to the EMP, you know, side on through the wellhead. And that infrastructure has become really important to look for areas of efficiency and, as John mentioned, speed. And one of the things that tends to slow you down a lot when you're out there comes in the form of leaks and downtime because of all the connections that are between the various parts of iron and this infrastructure that we're describing, right. whether it's the wellhead, the zipper, the manifold, the missile, you've got a lot of uh, connecting joints out there that create this um, this infrastructure. And so uh, one of the natural areas that we look at when trying to gain efficiency, and especially Technique FMC, is we come, we have a subsea side of our business, and so we've learned some of these lessons of infrastructure, and uh, we have some unique capabilities from those lessons learned from the subsea side, and one of those comes from the understanding of the role of uh, flexible technology. And so when you marry these two under- pieces of understanding together about the, the leaks and the downtime that you often see for onshore applications, and some of what we know is the reliability and unique technology uh, through the flexible technology from the subsea side, uh, we were unique in being able to bring this flexible technology to the onshore. And it's been great to see the adoption of that flexible technology interest uh, not only the ENPs adopting it but also the pressure pumpers really starting to see how they can limit connections with all of the equipment in the field and I'll tell you having started in frack with multi-well pads and the Rockies and the way we used to rig up you know yeah. in the in the thousands I won't I won't date myself too much here <laughs> but um, and all the iron that was on location and uh, you talk about one big red zone right to where we are today with flexible technology, it's a, it's it's a completely different ball game thanks to to thanks to this kind of technology, um, for not only a safety standpoint but the efficiency and and just the incredibly reduced number of connections are, are game changers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forget about how complicated you know it can be, and it all has to be precise because it's all it's a system, and all the parts have to come together. John, you want to add a little more to this? Yeah, I think it, I think that it's important um, to to highlight the several brands that 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 are underneath the Technique FMC umbrella, right? Wico is Technique FMC, CoFlexip is Technique FMC. There's a lot of that's lost on a lot of people. We've been manufacturing flexibles since 1974. Tell people what flexibles are. So, we, as in Technique FMC. Do not make hoses. We make flexible pipe. Oh, okay. That's so important it to is, distinguish. It is very different. Um, there are bonded flexibles in the market. It's mostly around small bore, there are some players in the, the moderate 5-inch, 6-inch um, that are bonded. Those are hoses. We don't make hoses. We make flexible pipe. Um, there's actually a, a co-flexit book um, that I have seen. And it is, the title of the book is, We Don't Make Hoses. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> no, it's 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 awesome. I, I have a few employees that that have been around Coflexit for thirty plus years, um, and they are very passionate about uh, flexible pipe. Um, ours is a it's a seven layer unbonded flexible. Um, we use it. We adopted it from Subsea. We we do a ton of work in choke and kill. We do a ton of work in stimboat applications offshore. Um, essentially, we, we removed a liner. That liner was used to keep seawater out. And that was ultimately the only thing really required to get into an onshore application, which is a benefit for us. Um, the unbonded flexibles is specifically in large bore. So our, we've standardized on a five and a half inch ID. Um, that enables us to, to go 135 barrels a minute. Um, that satisfies the majority of the market. Likely, we could go slightly higher with a with a heightened um, inspection interval. So we'll look at it every six months at 135. If we needed to push 160 for a job, that'd be satisfactory. 160 barrels per minute. Barrels per minute. Right. Um, so now it's 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 core to who we are. Um, it's pretty outstanding, and we took a subsea technology with very little. Um, modifications and moved it into a surface environment where it was economic and it was efficient. Those don't always tie, <laughs> um, but in this case, it was, it's, it's been a phenomenal product for us. Um, we have our small bore flexibles. We do those in bonded. It makes more sense. Um, so for our pump to missile, our pump flex, uh, we, do, we do a bonded flexible. For our well flex, we do um, our unbonded co-flexive and then we have pending trials uh, scheduled for May for what we're calling PadFlex, and that's the ability to uh, treat two different pads at the same time. And like Laura was talking about, centralize that horsepower, eliminate the, the need to move that horsepower. Um, listen, it, that's a significant cost. If you're not pumping, it, you're paying. Um, if I, I don't know what a pump hour is today, 15000 bucks. $15,000 an hour, if you're not pumping, that's what it costs you to not pump. So if we can stop a three-day move here and stop a three-day move there, it starts to become very economical to uh, to extend our reach from pad to pad, which ultimately creates a different value prop for CyberFrac as well because you need the ability to control pressure remotely. You have to be able to do it not from... 75 feet away so you're outside of the red zone but from half a mile away because you're on a different pad um, and that fundamental shift in the way we think um, likely probably three or four years from now will change the way the EMP structures their schedule um, and likely could play a role in pad construction. So that's what we call it cyberfrac mm -hmm. and it's remote and yet you can conduct the whole operation remotely from another pad, right? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. So we just launched Inside Edge. Inside Edge, um, we, all action that's driven from CyberFrac happens on wherever we do our local area network on path. We do have the ability to do approvals remotely, um, but as far as driving action to open, close a valve, we want that to happen on a pad where we create that, that local area network. We don't want it to be... Um, the industry's not at the point where we're going to drive action from 
a different place. We had a customer that wanted to do remote approvals from their office in Austin, and they were fracking in the Permian. And we can do that, and that's awesome. Um, but I don't think, one, the industry's ready um, to start doing that from an office environment full stop. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely a good vision. <laughs> yeah. Good vision. Yeah. It just takes time to get there where everyone feels comfortable. And I, I guess that's the bottom line. There's a couple of things. One is we're an industry that brings together a lot of different specialties, a lot of different capabilities to be able to create, for example, hydraulic fracturing. One person, one entity doesn't do it all because it's so specialized. It's so... Uh, so we're so careful about making sure that we have the ex proper expertise and controls. And it's just a lot for one company to do. So we've got a lot of different um, entities doing different specialty pieces of it. And it all has to come together in order to get a value proposition. So that's, that's really, that's, that's huge. So excellent, excellent. So, wow, this has been a, a great conversation. Before we close out, do you have some more things you want to share about Technique FMC? I know before we talked, John, that you're a veteran of the Army, and we thank you for your service. And you talked about um, coming to this uh, organization, Technique FMC, um, right out of that and have, been, and have basically been... So you're quite a subject matter expert in this space. That's all I know. That's all <laughs> I know. Exactly, exactly. And Laura, you talked about your time in Denver. Tell us a little bit more about your your background, your technical background in this space. No, I'm I'm very fortunate to have uh, grown up in oil field service. I, I I joined Halliburton after getting my MBA, and uh, they gave me the chance to be in a number of positions. I um, was in commercialization and um, their integrated project management group. But I they sent me to uh, the Rockies for an operations position, and I really fell in love with being in the field and uh, supporting the folks who work out there and do all the hard work and uh, really never looked looked back past that and have had a passion for running oil field businesses and a lot because of the technology that we just talked about really being on the leading edge of of bring, making an impact and that there's better ways to do things um, that our technology is always evolving and enabling better um, procedures and, and, and better safety and, and also just uh, as a lot of people know we have a heart for um, our folks who work in the field and make it all happen every day and the reality is we work for them we, we are there to support them and make it all happen uh, just just as much as um, um, the technology piece uh, is is sexy to talk about but when it comes down to it you're going out to a pad and <laughs> the equipment gets delivered and people put it together and teams as you mentioned the different competencies come together to bring this enabling technology um, to fruition so it's exciting to be a part of that absolutely and I'm excited to have been talking with you here today I mean this is um, pretty exciting that we can do this and you've got all this equipment out here and and people and so this is definitely doing a service uh, you know, to the industry and it's an industry that we value and we're proud to be a part of. So um, I want to thank you guys uh, so much for joining us on the podcast today. Um, Laura Schilling, Senior Vice President, Surface Western Hemisphere, and John Eden, Vice President of Sales, Surface Americas. Thank you so much for being our guests on the podcast today and for sharing all about your contributions to upstream oil and gas. And thank you everyone for listening. Please give us a review 
review and tell us what you like and what you'd like to hear about on future podcasts. This is Elena Melkert, your host for Oil & Gas Upstream. More next time. Join us again next week on the Oil & Gas Upstream podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.